Previously on X-Men. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is an episode of the Key Role Film Society, and I am Pastor Neil Wemus. I am the associate pastor at St. Paul Luther Church in Ida Grove, Iowa. Today, I am continuing on my... Th I'm going to be doing a special, massive movie conversation. And I say massive, and the reason is, is because it's very appropriate to do this massive reflection on movie television because this week at the end of the week the 27th so thursday evening will be the release of avengers infinity war one of the most monumental movies ever made now i realize when i'm saying this i am really really setting us all we are all i feel like we're all being set up for epic disappointment i am afraid of that but I could be wrong. I have. I'm hoping that the Russo brothers, who did uh, Civil War and Winter Soldier, they could keep that that good stuff going. But and from the trailers, it is looking like it's going to be really good. So my hopes are there. But because Avengers: Infinity War has come out this week, what I've been doing for the last few months is I have been slowly working through the entire Marvel Universe, cinematic universe, watching everything from the movies to the TV shows to the Netflix series, everything. And one of the things that I did to make it a little different is that I incorporated the X-Men. And which is why you just heard the X, the old um, X-Men, the animated series theme to start is because I included the X-Men. And the reason I did this is in the recent years, I have had this weird feeling that the X-Men movies are trying to fit themselves in to the Marvel Universe. I didn't feel like that with X-Men 1, 2, and 3, which makes sense because the huge Marvel Cinematic Universe wasn't a thing. But when you watch um, X-Men First Class or um, or even Deadpool, it almost feels like it belongs in the Marvel Universe. So what I did is I watched the everything in chronological order. And when I mean chronological, I mean chronological order in terms of story. So the first movie I watched was Captain America First Avenger. The next then I went to then I watched 
um, all of the Agent um, Agent Carter episodes, which, which by the way, Agent Carter was a great series, and man, I for, I almost forgot that I watched that as I say this. Um, I forgot I almost forgot watching all those shows, but anyway, so I watched Agent Carter. Then, and I watched seasons one and two. I watched all of it. Then I went on, and then I watched X-Men First Class. Then I watched X-Men Days of Future Past. Then I jumped forward, and I watched the original X-Men movie. So 2000. Uh, then I watched, then came, then I watched X-Men 2. And then I think I did, then I think I watched X-Men 3. Which is painful to watch, I will say that. Uh, no, no, wait a minute. I think, actually I have to step backwards. Because I think that before I watched X-Men, I did watch X-Men Origins Wolverine. So I did watch that. But anyways, then I watched uh, X-Men 3. And then I started watching through the Marvel movies. So I watched Iron Man. I watched Iron Man 2. I watched Incredible Hulk. All that. I included the 8. And I'm not going to go through everything I did in order. Um... I could probably post that online somewhere. Um, exactly the order I watched everything. Uh, but I watched, you know, I watched Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. I've watched all the way up until this last Friday, the episode from this past Friday. I've watched, you know, um, Inhumans. I watched all of the Netflix shows. So I watched, um, you know, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Punisher, Defenders. Um, I've watched Runaways, everything, every single movie, everything of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and including plus the X Men, and and I'm going to tell you it was kind quite fun to do this. Now you might be wondering why didn't I include Fantastic Four? The reason is Fantastic Four was rebooted. And Fantastic Four is really bad. It was painful enough watching. Uh, it was painful enough watching uh, X Men Three and X Men Origins Wolverine. So I stopped watching those, or even Blade. So I pretty much, but otherwise I watched everything else. And like I said, it was a lot. It was it was really kind of cool to watch it to watch. The evolution of these characters, the evolution of this series, and what is amazing is just how expansive of a universe Marvel really has created. Now, I realize the X Men is not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but if you've been paying attention to the news, back in December, uh, Disney bought out Fox, which means that the X-Men are going to eventually probably be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it's just a matter of time. But even with that in mind, it is amazing the universe that they have created. I mean, the, the number of heroes, the number of villains. And what also is interesting is seeing some of the... There's even some levels of disappointment from characters um, like Jessica Jones, or not Jessica Jones, sorry, um, Asian Carter, it's disappointing that that show got canceled. Because, and, I, and I know why it got canceled. It was at a bad time. 
It was poorly scheduled. It was in the middle of January. And one of the things I do remember is, um, if I remember, I th- anyways, it was at a poorly scheduled time, or at least at a bad time of the year, and it just kind of got forgotten. And the lot, at least for me, I know the this is the first time I watched it. Um, Agents of the Shield, very likely that's going to get canceled this season, and I think and it stinks. And I say this reluctantly that it's kind of it's makes me a little irritated with myself because the reason I am as much of a reason why this show's gonna get canceled as anyone else. Um I have I went to so I see I I had seen the first couple seasons previously. But it wasn't until, you know, as I started doing this marathon that I watched the last, more recent seasons, and holy smokes, did that show get good. I mean, especially, I mean, the end of season four, when there's the, the back end of season four, they have this whole story where they get absorbed into this, um, into this computer program where they're living in a world where Hydra is the is rules the world. I mean, it was such a good plot, and I it's you could kind of see that um, Agents of Shield was written by the same guys that did <coughs> some of the people behind Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel because I could definitely see a lot of similarities between Agents of Shield. I mean, the style and what I see in Angel. Very similar styled writing, and you could tell it's the same. You could see the similar creators, and but the thing is, it made Agents of Shield so hard to. I think what made it fail. Why it is crashing like it is, is because basically, Joss Whedon's greatest strength is probably also his greatest weakness. The Joss Whedon team of TV producers, they are so good at developing character. The problem is, is they take a while to develop it. And and our our current TV-watching audience is impatient. They didn't willingly... A lot of us don't willingly wait to let things build. I mean, by the the end of the first season of S.H.I.E.L.D. was absolutely awesome. Because, you know, it's built, it's written off of the backs of Winter Soldier, where it's revealed that S.H.I.E.L.D. has been horribly infiltrated by, um, by Hydra. Which, by the way, Hydra is pretty much the villain of the series. And so this is why I brought up Angel. Angel lasted five seasons. Exactly the same long length as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. appears it's going to last. And in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they had one major villain. And that was Wolfram and Hart. They were there at the be- on the very first episode of the series. And they were there at the very end. And the same thing is happening here. Is that Hydra has been a villain or the villain or a major player in the show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from the beginning all the way to the end. Now, you don't realize that they're at the beginning until towards the end of the first season. 
but they are there. The finger, the, um, the blueprints for it have been there the entire time, and so it's, you know, Hydra is truly one of the greatest villains, of movies, television, comic books, whatever, and. Marvel Cinematic Universe is doing incredible, and I haven't read it, but from what I understand, right now in the comic books, they are doing some really good stuff with a story called Secret Empire and and Hydra, where you find out Captain America is Hydra, which they are going to resolve it, but and from what I understand, but wow, it's a really good story from what I've heard. I haven't read it, but I think I'm going to have to when it gets released on a graphic novel or whatever. But, you know, Agents S.H.I.E.L.D. is such a strong series. Um, and so, like I said, the, the character development is so strong. And right now, in the series, like, I was reading, somebody wrote up an article, I think it was the AV Club, where they're talking about, right now, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is such a depressing show, but it's still good. I mean, that's... I mean, that is really the way that the Joss Whedon Club of Writers writes. They write such great characters that you can't help but care about every single one of them. I mean, the the Fitz and Simmons, you know, those two are, they have got to be one of the best couples in all of television. It is so I mean, it's even one of the villains remarked, you guys are so cute. And they are the uh, just the cutest couple. And the love that you see in them is so incredible. And, you know, it's such well-done writing. And then you have Agent Coulson, who, if you've seen the movie The Avengers, he gets killed. Well, he gets resurrected by means of Kree technology. And if you've seen... The movie Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. You can see who the Kree are. Um, the main villain in that is the Kree. Is a Kree. But in Agent Coulson in that movie. But in the show. I mean you can't. He really is. Um, he's the, the Giles. So if you know Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Joss Whedon is really big about that fatherly figure. And so, like, in, so, for example, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that's Giles. Here, and in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's Agent Coulson. He is the father figure to so many people. And he, they have built him up so well that right now, in the show, his character is dying. And you have no, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you this right now. Everything I say, there's spoilers. And I apologize for that, but there are spoilers um, that I'm giving away. But I should have warned you that before. But just go watch it. I mean, you can't help but feel so much emotion for it. And then you have the Netflix. Then you have in Marvel, you've, the Netflix series have been so good. Um, Daredevil, you had the Kingpin introduced as possibly... I, mean, I don't know who is the best villain of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think on my blog, I am going to do a ranking of that. I'm going to rank all the villains, but I'm going to wait until Avengers Infinity War comes out because I I feel like I got to do a ranking with Thanos in it, see where he's going to sit. But 
Which I don't think will be fully solidified until we see the end of the Avengers. Until we see next year's movie. But I'll get some idea. But anyways, you have... Like I said, Kingpin is just incredibly well written. Um, you know, this, this, this great villain who you empathize with. And, I mean, he's a guy that's got this warped idea, this warped view that he's doing the right thing. You have um, Jessica Jones. You have, that, you have the villain of Kilgrave who, wow, just a good villain. I mean, he is, the things that he does are horrible. And I, I remember the first time I saw Jessica Jones, I had never, I know, I knew nothing about the character. I'm watching that first episode, and I was like, okay, this is so-so, until the very end of the episode. I mean, you kind of get this idea this guy could do, get people to do stuff, like, oh, he's making her sit in a bed or whatever. But then, the way the episode ends with, this girl who was a pretty much a model person, model student, great athlete, and her parents, they do a good job of introducing these parents who are perfectly normal people. They're like they they, they look like they could for those of us who have good parents, they look this looks like the the father and there looks like it could be my dad or you know, it could be um my mother or something like that. And you see that, and all of us, and then this per, this healthy family, this girl turns a gun on her parents and shoots them. And you know very well that she did this not because she had bad parents, not because she had vengeance, but because Kilgrave was this villain that he could he told her that you are to turn a gun, you're going to take this gun and you're going to shoot your mom and your dad, and she did it. I mean, that shows you just how wretched of a villain Kilgrave is. And he was a total sociopath. I mean, an absolutely, incredibly well-written character. I mean, well-written villain. And so, jump forward to... um, so that's and then you have you know you have Luke Cage which so the movie, okay so Jessica Jones is, and this is something with the Marvel movies they all explore issues they explore themes now I'm not going to say that they're always as philosophical as the DC movies I'll admit some of the DC movies are pretty darn can get pretty deep the problem is they don't have great character development they don't have great story um and I say DC movies, I mean basically anything that's come out since Man of Steel, with the exception of Wonder Woman, has not been ex- exactly the strongest. But Marvel movies, they have great character development. That's the thing that appeals. Yes, they've got action, but they have characters that they they cause you to be drawn into them. Even in the bad outings. Like So let's take you know Daredevil. Um, you still care. The second season of Daredevil wasn't quite as strong, but you can't help but feel some care and compassion um, for uh, Matt Murdock. For I mean, Karen Page is just she's been in a multitude of these series. I mean, just a great character. And 
Punisher series. The Punisher series has been so good. Was such a good one. And you can't help but feel so bad for the Punisher, for Frank Castle, for the things that they had. And there, I mean, um, the I can't think of the actress that plays Karen Page, but she does so, so well in the role. Um, there is... There is so much good in the Marvel Cinematic of what they developed. And like I said, because this is the Key Row Film Society, where I talk about themes in movies, uh, I have to look at the themes that are in this. And they're in this fran- in the entire cinematic universe. Now I'm not gonna you could look back. I've done reviews and analysis on some of the movies. Um, there's a lot that I haven't yet. But I've done some of them. But the thing is that... Is... The thing is that... All of them have a consistent theme. Some good ideas within them. So, for example, you have... um, You have like you have so an Iron Man. You have the idea of this guy who's wealthy, who is everything, and he's using it to foster war. And eventually, he says, "Why can't I stand up and do something better? Can't I be a better person?" And that you know, there's that kind of idea. Those it's the Spider Man idea. With great power comes great responsibility. In the case of Tony Stark, his great power is his incredible intellect and his incredible wealth. Um. Incredible Hulk is always a theme about, you know, anger. There's always that. And there's this whole thing of the Dr. Jekyll, Jekyll uh, Mr. Hyde type thing going on. Um, the Captain America movies, I mean, the first one, talk, it just elevates the, the, um, the greatest generation. It really elevates those who went to World War II it shows just the absolute nobility of them. And, and honestly, in terms of great relationships in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I mean, there's been some duds. There have been some good ones. I mean, some of the duds... I mean, one of the duds is definitely Thor and Jane um, from the Thor, you know, so which is Jane, who is played by uh, Natalie Portman. That is an awful relationship. But then you've got... Steve Rogers and um, Agent Carter, who is just—I mean, you—it it almost feels like you're looking at a relationship of your grandmother, your grandparents. You know, this absolute incredible love for one another, and that she loved him when he was scrawny and he was nothing. I mean, it's just such a beautiful romance that is built on that she loves i mean she loves captain america steve rogers not for what he what he became but for who he had always been it's such a beautiful character relationship um you have uh captain america winter soldier which looks at the reality what if our society maybe we don't have Nazi Germany embedded into our government. Maybe we do, but we have maybe fascism is embedded into our society, the way that Hydra was embedded, 
Or how do we deal with government surveillance? As was a thing that was brought up in um, Captain America. Or Captain America Civil War. You have that, you know, it's really, there's this, this debate between Captain America and Iron Man. And both of them have a really good point of the, the issues that they have. And so who do you stand behind? Um, who's, and you can't help, when you listen to the debate, you can't help but think that both of them have a point. And it's really a wonderful, you know, episode, movie for a, for a society, a nation like ours, that is just torn apart and constantly fighting with each other. And so you had this movie with two, two heroes who are noble and good, but on this issue, they have a very serious differences. And so you can't help but see that they both have a point. Um, and that it doesn't mean that their points aren't important. And, you know, Jessica Jones deals with a post-traumatic stress um, disorder or PTSD, especially when it comes to rape or sexual abuse. Uh, I don't daredevil. I mean, it's kind of the whole idea. Again, the pow- great power comes great responsibility. Or even just the, you know, there's that um, quote that comes from the movie Kick-Ass where he says, with, well, the, the reverse might be saying, well, no power means no responsibility. But as he said, that's not always entirely true. You see people hurting. You feel like you've got to do something. And that's kind of the whole story of Daredevil is he sees a world that does such horrible things to one another. And he can't sit by and do nothing. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Again, dealing with that Hydra issue. And there's even... I mean, they've honestly... You know, I include the X-Men in my mix. But honestly, they dealt with the prejudice against the Inhumans better than the X-Men movies have dealt with the prejudice against mutants. Um, I mean... The new show Gifted has done pretty good, but otherwise, we haven't seen a lot of really good stuff um, out of the X. The X have been dealing with the prejudice against mutants, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has done dealt with that to some degree, and I think pretty decently well in regards to Inhumans. Um, I feel like they could spend a little bit more time than they have, but I think they've done a good job with it. And so there is, I mean, so there's, you're dealing with civil rights issue. And that's what the whole thing with the, the X-Men comics were created was to deal with the issue of civil rights. Uh, speaking of X-Men, the X-Men films, they bring in, and I've talked about it before. I think I've talked about another podcast, but honestly, in my mind, the movie Logan and I watched that again last night. That was the last movie I watched. Because I think for doing a, a, a series like that, I think Logan is the perfect ending movie. And it is the perfect ending movie because it is so different from any other superhero movie. It's so gritty. It's so grounded. I mean, there's just this such this tiny little detail in the opening scene so the opening scene has Wolverine. He's drunk and passed out in the back of this car and he wakes up. 
And he wakes up to these guys stealing, you know, trying to steal the tires from the limo. And he gets up and, you know, he gets into a fight. But the thing I like is in such a small detail, but you see in the back of the corner of him is a sign that just says Highway uh, 64, U.S. Highway 64, or whatever it is, to El Paso. And I thought that that was such a good detail because it lets you know that even though this movie takes place in the future, it is grounded in the real world. But showing a highway sign on the highways that we ourselves drive, it reminds us that we, it's in our world. It's supposed to be in real, in a real places. And you have some really real issues. I mean, there's this, you have, you know, Wolverine is the, you know, the middle-aged guy who's, who himself is dealing with major health issues. You have his father, his elderly father, who's 90 years old, who, who isn't really his father, but it's Professor Charles Xavier, who has um, Alzheimer's. And there's this, you know, he's struggling with the fact that his father doesn't know where he is at times, doesn't totally know who um, who Logan is, and things like that. And there's this one little bit, and I caught, was listening to it yesterday, and it felt... I, I almost feel like I got to do another podcast just on Logan because that movie is so good but it, and I'm not gonna, I shouldn't dig too much into that so but it really does well at diving into that dynamic of father elderly parents and children caring for both of them and dealing with your own weaknesses your own literal frailties and then dealing with the effects of your past I mean really Marvel has done such a wonderful thing and if you couple in the X-Men, you have such an incredible universe that unfolds before you on the screen. So if you really want to do a serious, serious marathon, and it's going to take a long time to do it, I encourage you to go through all of the X-Men, all of the movies, the TV shows, everything, and just watch it through. And I think you will appreciate it and to see this story that develops. And there is so many, I mean, there's so there's varieties in style. And that's one of the cool things that comes with X-Men. I mean, just look at the next, I mean, with the Marvel Universe. I mean, just look at the Netflix series. Daredevil's not like Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones isn't like Luke Cage. Luke Cage isn't like Iron Fist. They all have their own style. They all feel like they're their own thing, even though they're in that same larger world. I mean, and they do things to remind you. So like Daredevil, you have this whole thing where they're talking about the incident, which happens to be the events of the first Avengers movie. You have in, um, you know, also in Daredevil, when, you know, everything blows up around Hell's Kitchen, it's, there's a little moment in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where that shows up on a news report um, of explosions in Hell's Kitchen in New York. 
I mean, this the way they interconnect the universe is it's so great. The and so it's right there where I'm going to stop, and we're going to transition into looking forward to Avengers: Infinity War. So, but before I could do that, let's listen to the last trailer for Avengers: Infinity War. It's good, except it sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good. Wow. All right, kid, you're an adventure now. Fun isn't something one considers when balancing the universe. But this <laughs> does put a smile on my face. I hope they remember you. We have the Thanos once, so that's what we use. Evacuate the city. Engage all defenses. And he gets this matter shit.
All right, so that was the trailer for Avengers Infinity War, which comes out this week. Which, if you have been, if it is kind of really, honestly, going through the whole sequence of all these movies has kind of got me excited. Now, I realize none of the X-Men are going to be in there, but it's going to be so interesting because I'm hoping, I am hoping that Marvel does draw in some of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., draws in um you know the netflix characters i mean they don't have to take a prominent role but i'd love to see them play a part or to acknowledge they're there because what is going to happen in infinity war it ha if if agents of shield if net if daredevil if jessica jones of all these shows really are taking place in the same world as avengers infinity war they've got to be incorporated they got to show an impact on this because this is looking like the most epic thing that we've ever seen. That it's going to affect anyone and everyone. I mean, during the trailer, you see Peter Parker on a school bus, you know, in New York, you know, on one of the bridges. And he looks over and sees this huge thing, what, what I can only assume is a portal hovering over the city. I mean, everybody's going to see that. Everyone. That's going to have to affect, you know, Daredevil. That's going to have to affect Jessica Jones. That's going to have to affect Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's going to have to affect everyone. And so I I'm going to be really intrigued to see this. Now, I know that, I mean, Marvel Universe, what they've crafted is something, like I said, it is incredible. The size and the scope. The sheer number of heroes that are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is just mind-boggling. Um, I think at one point I did create a list of all of those characters. So um, I'm opening up a file here. It's a, an Excel document. I think I might have listed them because I was thinking about doing a ranking just of uh, Marvel heroes or Marvel villains and stuff like that. Um, guess not, I never did. But, but you just look at the sheer number of heroes. I mean, you got Ghost Rider, Deathlock, Daredevil, you got Punisher, you've got, um, you know, Spider-Man, you got Agent Carter, you've got, uh, you know, Quake, you have, uh, Melinda May, you have, you know, just this absolute abundance of heroes. This abundance of villains. I mean, even the Inhumans, which frankly, of all the series, that was the worst part. The Inhumans was just awful. By the way, Marvel Runaways, though, that's on the on Hulu, that is good, too. Really good stuff. Good story. Good characters as well. Uh, I'd love to see, because apparently that's supposed to be in... The Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I'm. They didn't show that really much at all in um, the new movie in the new series. I'd be interested to see what they do. But like I said, I really hope that when I see Infinity War, either in this this, you know, what comes out this week or what comes out a year from now, that I really hope to see Marvel really flex those muscles. And show the world what they have created. Unlike anything else in the history of cinema or television 
or anything. They have created something. And I want to see them show it off. To show what they've done. It is a universe that not even Mar- not even Star Wars or Harry Potter can match in terms of movies and television. And and actually include their comic books I know you can't incorporate obviously. It's a diff- completely different medium. But to incorporate what they've got, what they've created would be awesome. And I think and I think the mo- it makes the movie even all the more epic and it would add meaning to the shows and it actually give credence as to why they've done I mean Ant-Man was a big story so the whole story was when the movie Ant-Man came out it was originally directed by Edgar Wright and there's a whole fight between him and Marvel Studios and he ended up leaving the job um deciding not to be the director because he didn't want to deal with you know some of the stuff in um within the Marvel Studios executives. And so he left and they had to get another director. Well, the thing is, is that if... I can understand why they did, might have done that. It's because they are trying to create this universe. And their stories have to sink in. It has to fit in. And I think in order to show their dedication to this, they need to incorporate the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They need to incorporate the Netflix series. Even if it's a cameo. Even if it's a small little nod here or there. I mean, I think they should be made aware that Agent Coulson is alive. Although that's going to stink if he ends up di- turns around and ends up dying again. But <clears throat> I really hope they do the, some of these things. Because what Marvel has is amazing. And for those of you who are movie buffs if you like comic book heroes avengers infinity war comes out in theaters this thursday many theaters are going to have seven o'clock showings i encourage you go see that movie enjoy it love it it will be one of probably one of the most epic movies you've ever seen in your life so with that i leave you that is my reaction to a massive, super-duper Marvel Comics marathon plus the X-Men and a little bit of a preview with Avengers Infinity War. And there's a lot of good... And kind of a little bit to show that there are things that come out of it, ideas and thoughts that we could take from it. So it is with that, I leave you. My next podcast, I'm going to talk about video games... Um, not movies, yeah, video games. I'm going to talk about those in society a little bit, especially in light of the insane popularity of the game Fortnite. So with that, I leave you. Um, Again, I am Pastor Neil Wemus. I am Associate Pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Ida Grove. Um, And so the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. This has been the Key Road Film Society.